Let's make this year your best real estate investing year ever by coming to the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. And the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is where you can join hundreds of real estate investors and over 40 expert investor speakers and learn how to have an amazing success in your real estate investing business. The Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is not like any other conference out there. This is a no sales pitch conference where the entire three days event is all about you and helping you to meet expert investors, teaching you how to invest and join a huge community of hundreds of like-minded real estate investors. And because you are a part of the Successfully Unemployed podcast, I'm giving you 20% off your RubeCon pass. That's right. Get 20% off of your RubeCon pass. Use the promo code SU20 or SU20. You need to be at the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. Join us in the heart of downtown St. Louis, March 14th through the 16th for a transformative three-day event that's more than just a conference. It's a community of investors. Get your pass. Go to RubeCon.com, R-E-W-B-C, com and use the promo code SU20 or SU20 to get 20% off of your Rubicon pass. Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We have already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence so you will never work for someone else again. Successfully Unemployed, your place for freedom. All right, everybody, it is time for the Successfully Unemployed show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to show you that it's absolutely possible to quit that J. OB, that just overbroke job where you're working nine to five or plus hours, you're working 40, 50, 60, or more hours for somebody else as opposed to yourself, where you are making them wealthy because your boss is paying you just enough to keep you working without quitting, but not so much as taking money out of their pocket. We want to be successfully unemployed. Now, that term might sound very foreign to you. It might sound like, wait, you're unemployed and you're successful? How does that make sense? Like you're happy about being unemployed? Well, yes, we have figured out ways to make money without working a job through investing, through side hustles, being an entrepreneur, helping other people, serving other people. There are so many ways. And that's why I have this successful unemployed show to show you that it is absolutely possible in many, many, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different ways to make money money rather than working that just overbroke job. Now, I love passive income. Before I jump into the show, I want to share with you that I have my free book. I want to give you get my best-selling book absolutely for free, How to Quit Your Job with Passive Income. How to Quit Your Job with Passive Income, go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash free book. And I'll also put that in the description as well. Now, I truly appreciate you being here. And if you like this show, I would just appreciate it if you just shared it with one person. Just turn around and share it with one person. If you did, subscribe to it and also like it or you know put a comment or review on whatever app you're using to listen to this. I would really, really appreciate it. It gets more people knowing that it's absolutely possible to not work for somebody else and still make money to provide for yourself. And my guest today is a fantastic health and life 
coach who empowers women to feel amazing naked. She is the creator of the Feel Amazing Naked program and the Feel Amazing Naked podcast. She uses holistic and no BS approach to coaching and blends strategy, skill, and mindset to help clients unearth the root causes of their struggles with food, body, mind to help them create the life they crave. She's passionate about challenging clients to create more time in their life for healthy living and giving them tools to get out of their own way to lead their fullest life possible. She is also a mom of two and a wife to a fellow entrepreneur and coaches CrossFit to stay actively involved in her fitness community. So let's get in today's show where I am interviewing a fantastic coach. Her name is Amanda Walker. Let's get into the show and see how she built her business to help other women do the same thing she's done. All right, let's get into the show. Amanda Walker, thank you so much for being here on the Successfully Unemployed show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about the ins and outs of Feel Amazing Naked. And that I would say is a branch, right? A branch of kind of like the trunk of a, a bigger brand, but it's absolutely the one that I think resonates with the most people. Got it. And just, just hearing that title or that, that domain name makes me want to go like, what is yeah. this all about? Like, it's yeah. really catchy. So talk to us about, or tell us, like, I'm going to jump right into it. How do you make money by having this or how do you make money to be successfully unemployed? Yeah, I am a health and life coach. So the income comes in by working with clients one-to-one or in a group program or through having um, short-term intensives, or I also hold retreats. So kind of multiple revenues of income, but all falling underneath the same umbrella. Man, I'm going to definitely be learning a ton through this because I have, I, I teach real estate and how to do rental properties. And I'm trying to figure out how to be able to teach well and teach more people and be able to help more people as much as many people as possible. So I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to hearing everything that you're going to share. Now, how about before you became successfully unemployed and what life was like before that? You know, what, what type of job were you working? And then what were the steps that you took to get out of that? Yeah. So rewinding years ago, I went to undergrad, um, had a degree in physiology. I was pre-med. I thought I was going to be a physician. I had an internship at a family practitioner, was gifted this amazing doctor who led me. And um, I'm just going to tell a funny story. Uh, we were, I got to I got to go in with him on a lot of things that I probably shouldn't have at that time. And I remember it was an 80-year-old man with a hernia. And he looked back at me and he was like, Amanda, is this what you want to do for the rest of your life? And it was at that moment I was like, actually, uh, this isn't what I want to do. And not because I didn't want to help people, but because I wanted to have, I wanted to teach. I, I knew that ultimately, even if I became a physician, I wanted to teach in the classroom setting. So I was like, why not do that now? So I went to grad school and became a teacher. Um, taught anatomy and physiology for years in the high school setting and loved every ounce of it. But what I do know now is that throughout that whole process, my husband and I always had this conversation of like, is this it? I really feel like we're both called for something else in our lives. And I just didn't know what that it was going to be. We had children and uh, once you have them, like everything changes. You know, the, the career you thought so, you know, filled your bucket up no longer does. And He's his job. We were we ended up being able to position ourselves where I could go part time teaching, and he worked nights as a police officer. So we were like high fiving ships passing in the night. And I remember at the end of that journey, my checks were six hundred and twenty three dollars every other week. 
for a part-time teaching. And I was working, you know, 30 hours a week. So 60 hours for $600. It just, we looked at each other and like, what the heck are we doing? So looking at each other, figuring out what you're doing, did that, was that like, I got to make a change? Yeah. So that was the catalyst of there's got to be something at first it was, there's got to be something, um, that, I can do for fewer hours and make the same amount of money. And so I decided to leave my teaching job. We sold his like baby of a truck he had just bought. Um, we went on honestly a massive debt-free journey and we overhauled our life that way first. And then I still was not feeling like intrinsically fired up. There was still a part of me was like, I can't be just a stay at home mom and not, a, you know, that like the women that can do that. I have so much love for them because I've worked full time out of the house with kids, worked part time. And now I work full time in the home with kids and all of them have their own struggles. Um, but it was then that I knew like there was something more for me that I wanted to help women and um, it was going to look and feel differently. So I started really getting going through my own personal health journey and physical transformation and just like fast forwarding that really fast was went on this journey of self and realized that even though we want to change our physical self, the real happiness is cultivated when we marry that with internal transformation too. So um, here I am now leading women on similar journeys and not only helping them build a healthy lifestyle. I also have a sub part of my business that's also helping women build their businesses now. So it's really fun to watch people just step into chasing that more in their life too. So why do you think that gentleman, or it was the doctor, why did he turn around and look at you and say, is this what you want to do for the rest of your life? I never realized that moment was so pivotal for me until years later. But I think what he saw in me was um, like he wished somebody like it wasn't um, he saw this fire in me to serve that he realized I wasn't going to be able to give to that profession the way that profession was moving and we had many conversations after that and if I could find him now his practice is closed I have no idea where he's at but he's retired since then um, I that's how at least I chose to read it was he saw something in me that I didn't quite know in myself and now I'm like oh thanks to him so much because um, I I'm standing where I'm standing because of that conversation and I love the idea that questions can really help us change a trajectory. I know, well, for one thing, with the Successfully Unemployed podcast that I have right now that you're on, I had a friend of mine and I was, I have a number of businesses and one of my businesses was doing really well. And I started talking about doing so many other things. And the question that she asked me that got me starting this podcast, which I absolutely love the Successfully Unemployed podcast. Um, she said, are you bored with these other businesses? Is that why you want, I'm like, Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's what it is. Like I'm bored. And so having those questions that can come out that can help you change a trajectory is just terrific. Now, when you started to go in the direction of well, you stopped doing that, then you started teaching, making $600 every 2 weeks and then now what you're doing in having an online presence. Now, it seems like in doing all that, I mean, you're you're helping so many more people and let's say that somebody has, now they're not in like the health and wellness space. Maybe they want to teach somebody how to have chickens in their backyard or something like that. They want to teach something uh, like the content that I normally teach is with master passive income, which is my, my number one site. This is where I teach about rental properties, like how to buy rental properties, how to do it successfully and build a business and quit your job. So there's so many different types of content. How do we know what we should 
teach about? How do we know what we should dive into? I mean, is it something we're passionate about? Is it something that we know? Or what are your thoughts and what should we go after? Yeah, I think it doesn't matter if you're teaching, you know, how to have, you know, chickens in your backyard or knit or help people transform. Obviously, there's degrees. But I think one of the main pieces to this puzzle that brings success is listening to the people you're going to serve. Because the most frequently asked questions you get are the content that people need. So I think oftentimes as entrepreneurs or solopreneurs, you know, uh, however that looks to the people listening is we want to be the expert all the time. And I think we can learn a lot more from listening, which was not something I did in the beginning. I wanted to prove my worth through like, look at all the answers I have. And sometimes just being the best listener possible as a coach or um, as a person putting content into the um, internet is and into the social media world is just listening to what people are asking you because they, they, they make your content for you if you choose to listen. That is a good point. I know, well, the reason why I started Master Passive Income, which is like I said, where I teach about rental properties and how to build a business, eventually quit your job. And the reason why is because as I was quitting my job, I was saying, hey, guys, you know, I'm going to be done in six months. And I was telling all my friends and family and coworkers, and I was like, I'm, I'm quitting. They're like, number one, how are you doing that? Number two, the second question is, can you teach me? And so I just had so many people asking me, and I realized maybe I should figure out a way to do this on a broad scale. How can I help as many people as possible? That's what led me down the path of online business. So I love that idea is all these questions coming to you. And even though you might not, well, let me, let me ask you. Do you have to be in your own mind or in other people's mind? Do you have to be an expert before you start doing something like this? I think this is the um, the crux of why people stand in their own way when it comes to taking that leap. Because I'm sure people listening, it's funny, right before we got on this call, the first Friday of the month in my health coaching program and Feel Amazing Naked program, we actually have a first Friday business connect. And some of the girls that are in my business program called the Inner Circle um, kind of mentor some of the girls that are, you know, kind of they're gaining what happens in this trajectory now in my business I see is they gain confidence in themselves enough to start taking more risk in their life, right? So it is this nice little transformation that happens. But I believe that culturally we're taught that academics leads experience and passion. And so we have to have the piece of paper, the credential. And so because that's the mindset we are you know, really brought up to understand, you get the teaching first and then do the thing. But I think that what I've learned is that passion and experience will trunk up Trump academics. And that's not to say that you shouldn't be educating yourself. Don't I don't want that taken out of context because I'm constantly educating myself. I, you know, attend workshops, I read a ton, I get a new kind of, you know, attend a new coaching workshop every year to get better. But I think that experience brings a level of empathy. You know, it's one thing for me as a, a wellness and health life coach to just stand up here and teach you what I learned in the program. But it's another thing for me to say, you know what, I've actually la lost 70 pounds twice. And so that brings me to like standing exactly where you stand. And that level of empathy that you share with your people and I share with my people is what really brings connection um, that I think that they really need when they're on that journey too. That's fantastic. You said a lot of amazing things, but the the one thing that's literally sticking in my brain, you've lost 70 pounds twice. That's that's awesome. I mean, most people, they even try to get there to get the 70 pounds once, but let alone having to, not necessarily having to, but being able 
to do it twice? Is there anything that you can like, what's the trick or what, what is it? Is well, it and I will say those were during pregnancies, right? So, but I gained over 70 pounds with both my kids and you think I would have learned like one, don't do it again on number two. Um, but the truth is I had a lot of miscarriages and emotional eating. I was very nervous during pregnancy. So I basically sat on my couch eating blizzards. Um, and I had that level of anxiety and, and emotion that came with pregnancies. I just wasn't like able to take care of myself in the way I should. Um, but I mean, the tips that I share, it's just really the big pieces that magic fixes and quick fixes don't exist, which is something that I constantly chase trying to get through that. And when you just are willing to accept slower pace, slower results for consistency and true habit formation, then it's something that sticks around for a long time. And we often avoid doing the work. We're like, just give me a template. Tell me what to eat. It'll all work out. But then you really never get to the root cause. And when you find out like what's underneath it, like why, why am I really getting stuck? Then it just, it happens with ease and flow. I think, yeah. I, I've always struggled with my weight. I know many, many people, especially if you're in America, like we have so much abundance of everything. So we could definitely touch into that. But I want to go into a little bit more on now you you teach this, which, you know, the the being healthy and all that sort of stuff, which is amazing. But you also teach how to do businesses. Are these two different brands, two different sites or they're all under the same umbrella? How do you do? How do you handle both? Yeah, it's it's basically under the same umbrella. To me, the notion of feeling amazing naked is like feeling so good in your skin, both physically and emotionally and mentally, that you're willing to take risks, right? You just follow through on yourself and you do things that you never thought you could. So I think that happens in the physical transformation, but also the business transformation. So really, the business part called Inner Circle began because of what you know clients were asking. Well, like, can you help me with that next step? And I was like, well, I'm I'm not a business coach, but what I'm really good at is helping women get through their own BS in their mind and take action. And that's what they just want is the support of like, where do I start? You've been there. Where can I go next? So is that both a part of feelamazingnaked.com? Yes. Uh -huh. Got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was thinking maybe you had two different ones. You're trying to build both at the same time. Nope. They're both on the same site. They're just part of the program offerings I have. Very cool. So let's dive into the inner circle. Now we can always talk about content, meaning like how to, how to lose weight, which is not what we're talking about. We're talking about how to build businesses and how to make sure that we are providing for ourselves, providing for our families without working at that nine to five, just over broke job. Cause I, that reason why I call it just over broke is your boss is paying you just enough to keep you working and not too much that takes money out of their pocket. So if you are either the business owner or you're the one that is calling your shots, you're getting paid for the value that you bring, you make a lot more money because you're literally keeping it all. So talk to me about if we wanted to start a business or that we do, let's say I want to start having a business where I can make money. Where do we now begin? For me, and this might be atypical, but a lot of the way I think business is taught is like the money piece first, which I'm not saying is a bad way, um, but it's like build a product. But I think you have to build the dream vision and the life that you want from it first and have such freaking clarity around where you like why you're doing that thing so that you're constantly connecting to what that might look. So for me in the beginning, it was like I knew that no matter what I did, I wanted to be able to take my kids to school every day, drop them off at school. I wanted to not meet clients in person. So I built a 100% virtual 
business. I knew that I wanted to have flexibility in my, you know, calendar, like timeline to be able to go volunteer at school with them, um, to have Monday flexibility when my husband's off. And so I think step one is like, what do you dream like it could actually look like if you were to take money, time, everything out of the equation? Because I think we're taught like, oh, we have to start here. And there's this like graduation and evolution, which it's true, but if you begin with the end in mind, there's so much power in understanding like it should feel good always. And that's been a big barometer, you know, a temperature gauge for me the whole time. If it doesn't feel good, I'm like, boop, it's not for me. Like in the beginning, I was like, oh, I'm going to blog. Like all these people are blogging. This sounds really cool. And I was forcing it and I wasn't enjoying it. And I was like, this isn't for me then. And the common theme was that people kept showing up for coaching. People kept showing up for coaching. So I was like, well, there must be something to that. So I think looking at what feels good to you consistently is so important because that's what's going to keep you showing up and getting excited to jump out of bed when the alarm clock goes off or whatever, or if you choose not to set an alarm clock and that's part of your vision. But that's the thing that keeps you showing up so it never feels like a job. I love that idea because you're starting to figure out what you really want before you even do anything so that you can literally not go in a path that is going to be detrimental for not that's not not the right way to say it it could be um, just not what you want and you plan what you want first i think that's a great idea now let's say the goal is to do exactly what you're doing i want to coach people i want to work with people i want to help people one on one i don't want to write and then not to be able to interact with people going your path what now that we have we realize this is what we want. We want to be a coach. We want to be around people. Maybe I'm an extrovert, so I just love being, you know, talking to people. That could be it. How do we then start getting coaching clients? Because that's a, a big deal. Like anybody could say, yes, I want to be a coach. Come, everybody come to me. But how do the, how do you find them number one? And how do you help them to realize you're the right person to work with? Yeah. Two things come to mind when you say that. The first is figuring out what the end result is you want to provide as a coach. And I think sometimes that's inspired by our own personal story and our own personal shift. So it's like, what has changed my life so much that I feel like I want to share that with the world? And so I think there's some digging into your own personal journey there. And then whatever your skill set is, just identifying those strengths that you're really good at and doing some, I love journaling because it just like a tool that I teach and use often is like journaling, like all that stuff onto paper. It's like, what am I good at? What kind of result do I want to provide them? And then you go out and you collect data and you do some market research. And um, like I'm, I'm one of my clients right now is in this is exact same boat. And so she's started to kind of, um, do some things and people are growing closer to her. They're interested. They're asking her questions like, wow, I've seen these changes, right? So then I think you have conversations. You say, hey, can we meet for a virtual coffee or have a coffee? Like what, you know, what is it that's drawing you closer to me? Why are you so interested in my transformation? What are you struggling with that you need support? And that goes back to our initial conversation is the people we work with have the vocabulary that we need to understand the pain points that we're solving for them. So when we get clarity around what it is that they're struggling with, then we can start to like package an offering together and maybe creating content that we know as coaches, we can provide to help them get that result. Those are great ideas. And I love the idea of the people that you're going to serve. Like you find, basically, or it seems like you find your buyer first. Like who is, who is your number one person that is actually going to want to buy from you or have you be their coach and ask them. And I love asking questions personally. And that's why I love successful employee because I just love asking questions because all these things come to mind. I have so many questions right now of what in the direction we can go. And so 
when you're asking them a question, well, what, it, what, what, what draws me to you and what's your pain point? And I, I want to touch on the pain point. You said something that really struck me is the pain point of our customer, whoever we're reaching out for, reaching out to and, and looking to be potentially our student or somebody we can help. We need to figure out their pain point. How do we then, is it just having that, like asking the question, what's your pain point? Or is there anything else we can figure out or help us to figure out what a pain point would be for our customers, our students? I, well, I first want to just say, I think this is a critical point that people miss in business is they want to build the ship before they know like what parts are needed to build it. And I've seen plenty of people around me, um, especially like build a program or build an online course and then put it out into the world and it's crickets because they haven't built something that somebody needs. So they've invested their time, their finances. Um, and now it's like, oh crap, like this didn't work. So I think is um, like getting those pain points. So, so to me, a pain point is when you dig deep with someone and ask them, like what is stopping them from going where they want to in life? For you, that might be, you know, they really want to leave their business. And so this like investment opportunity, you know, continually building a business off this is enough income that, you know, that sets aside for others. It like myself, it might be motivated by helping, right? And and obviously you're helping as well, but that connection with another human is something that they really feel like they can thrive on. And so when we talk about pain points, it's so important to talk in somebody else's language rather than the language that we use because they're disconnected from that. So even when you you know hop onto a, a sales page or a person's website, immediately we get a vibe for um, who that person is and if they're like saying the things I need in my life because they've used language that appropriately hits those things that I'm physically feeling, right? That's how we attract those ideal clients that want to come closer to us. But at the same time, we repel the clients that are not a best fit for us. You did, the, literally the last thing you said was was brilliant. I love that. I change it just a little bit. Repelling, it sounds a little negative. I'm not saying you're negative at all, but I, it, when I say that to people, or here's what I say. So having my podcast, the Master Passive Income Podcast, where I talk only about rental properties, the people that like it, they're going to continue to listen and they're going to continue to devour everything. And I'd say, I like the way he says it, like what he says, how he says it. The people that hate it, they turn it off. And it's repelling them, but it's it's self-weeding them out. Like, I don't want to waste their time. And it helps them to realize, hey, Dustin's the wrong person for me. I'm going to go away from that. And so if you have, you can talk in that language and then attract the right people that are literally going to say, you know what? I love what Amanda does. She's absolutely fantastic. Everything she's done, everything that she says, it's just like she's speaking to me. It's because you know what they want to hear. You, you've already done that. So how do we drill even further uh, more into not just building the business, not just like, you know, getting the pieces, but really understanding who we are going to go after. Is there anything else that we could do to help us to understand what is the criteria, not criteria, what our customers really, really want? Uh, yeah, two things. First, I think to you as a person, you and I both, like before we got to this space, we had to come to the the understanding in our own mind, like not everybody's going to love us and that's okay. And in the beginning, I don't know about you, but me, I wanted everybody to like love everything and engage with every piece of content because I didn't realize that 
part of this journey is actually that I don't want everybody to love me. I just want the people that I can really provide value to, to love me. And we can still have friends and things that encourage us from the outside. And they're just like champions of our work because they want us to succeed. But true clients, like not everybody is going to love us and that's okay. But to your point, as far as digging a little bit um, deeper, and I forget exactly how you phrase that It's basically, how do we make, how do we know that we're literally talking their language? Uh, we can ask some questions, but you know, if you're on the online space, not always can you actually talk to somebody and pull them aside and say, but is there any other ways that we can know how we can talk in their language? Well, for me, I require an application, right? So when I, when somebody wants to work with me, they literally are using their words before I get on the phone with them. So I know exactly what they're struggling with, right? Or, you know, in social media, there's so many options to ask questions um, that they give you back that um, vocabulary. And then when you start to build clients, even after your first one, or, or I would even say like after you've had the opportunity to start to work with a few people, you're, you're going to find one or two of those people. And I'm sure you have them that you just like, you love working with them, right? And you're like, well, I want to repeat her. Like there, I want like a million Michelles or whatever she is. So it's like, why is Michelle different? What was it about her that was different from the other girls? And how can I start to um, find out why Michelle and I were like jiving so much and what it was about her so that I can use the vocabulary that maybe Michelle gave me over Tina or whoever it was so that I can um, attract more of those people. So I think there's an evolution. There definitely is. And you got to start somewhere. For me, as I was starting Master Passive Income, I was just the language that I normally would, or what would attract me? Because I was like, well, this is what I, how people are already asking me these questions. So let me just start using that. And you hit the nail on the head. It's grown over time or it's changed over time or um, the evolution of the, what I'm sharing or what I'm saying has changed because I learn from the customers. I learn what they want. And I do want to touch on something that you said um, just, uh, just a minute ago about how you're going to be a people that really literally don't like what you say, what you do. And with the age of the internet, they, are lo they love bagging on you. So I'll give you a quick example. So I wrote a book called How to Quit Your Job with Rental Properties, and I put it on Amazon. It was like one of the very, very first things that I did uh, you know, in trying to help people out. And so I wrote the book. I put it out there. I was like, almost like I'm writing to myself, and I put it out there. And so... I went back, I, I go back periodically, and I sh you shouldn't do this, but um, I look at the comments. I'm like, you know, all the one stars, I'm looking at them, and they're like, this guy has no clue what he's talking about, or this is absolutely bad. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like, do I, am I horrible? Do I suck that bad? And then literally last night, it was like 11 p.m. last night, I get an email directly from somebody, and I have so many other things. Like, I have the book, I have coaching, I have courses, I have all that stuff, I have the podcast. But he said, literally, that book, and from all the one stars, that this is like, oh, you are who I wrote to. So he wrote to me and said, Dustin, I want to thank you so much for this book, the How to Quit Your Job with Rental Properties. Because from that book, like some people, like Rich Dad Poor Dad is their book. Your book is my book, like Rich Dad Poor Dad. I'm like that number one, I was like, wow. But he said, I bought my first property. Then I bought my second. And now I'm on my seventh property just from your book. I was floored. I'm like, that's payment enough. I'm so excited. and so. I, I replied back, I'm so, so happy for you and excited for you. And you are exactly who I wrote the book for. And so just like what you said, some people are not going to like it. They're going to hate it. And you're going to get people giving you one stars because it's so easy to do that. But you got to look past that and see, like you said, who's the Michelles that are out there? How can I reach those? 
and realize you're going to make people not like you. So getting a thick skin is something, do you want to touch on having a thick skin? Cause I know for me, like I, I like getting, uh, I, I guess words of affirmation is something I really appreciate. And when I get negative, I'm like, Oh, that hurts. So what talk to us a little bit about having a thick skin in this business. Yeah, this is a great one. And I talk about, well, I'm just going to call it validation because really that's what we're talking about. Um, it's so easy in business to put yourself out there. And then we have the expectations that there's going to be so much discussion, right? You craft this beautiful, like super heartfelt social media posts and then crickets, like two people like it, right? And in the beginning, I would be lying if I didn't tell you that like sometimes that brought tears to my eyes and it made me want to turn around and quit because I was discouraged. But then it's those that one message, right? That one person that you start to realize that's all it takes for you to say, I'm going to keep showing up because there is somebody out there that's going to read that post or read that email and it profoundly impacts. So I think when it comes to having thick skin, it's more about why I love to just reflect in like, why am I putting this out there? Am I putting this piece of content out there because I need the validation? Then that's some crap I need to work on myself, right? Um, or am I putting this content out there out of service? And when you come from a place of service, then I think it doesn't matter who responds. You just have more trust and faith that the one person that needs it's going to read it. And then I find more is that it's very easy to compare ourselves to people that have like been building businesses for years and have thousands and millions of Instagram followers or something. And I'm just using that as an example. And you look at the engagement and it's there, but it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's like surface, right? But it's the people that need you the most that show up behind the scenes, the people that show up and chat with you on, you know, direct messages who don't want the world to know they're struggling or who send you the private email to let you know. And those are the people I'm here for that I know are going to come. Um, it takes a little like longer to build that trust factor because they really want to share with me. They want to share like some deep stuff they're working through. But I think that's the part of like, why are you showing up to share the content you are? Let's make this year your best real estate investing year ever by coming to the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. And the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is where you can join hundreds of real estate investors and over 40 expert investor speakers and learn how to have an amazing success in your real estate investing business. The Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is not like any other conference out there. This is a no sales pitch conference where the entire three days event is all about you and helping you to meet expert investors, teaching you how to invest and join a huge community of hundreds of like-minded real estate investors. And because you are a part of the Successfully Unemployed podcast, I'm giving you 20% off your RubeCon pass. That's right. Get 20% off of your RubeCon pass. Use the promo code SU20 or SU20. You need to be at the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. Join us in the heart of downtown St. Louis, March 14th through the 16th for a transformative three-day event that's more than just a conference. It's a community of investors. Get your your pass, go to rubcon.com, R-E-W-B-C-O-N.com and use the promo code SU20 or SU20 to get 20% off of your Rubcon pass. And if it's for you, then you should like reevaluate. And there's times where I'm like, oh no, Amanda, like you're looking for validation right now. That's not something you should be putting out there. You need to reevaluate. I love that self-realization or just looking back at yourself and say, you know, be more critical. I love that idea. And, and is it to validate myself? Well, if it is, you're probably going to get let down because there's going to a lot of people. A lot of people are going to hate on what you're doing. Okay, so I want to get back to 
the thought of coaching or helping other people in whatever it might be. Let's go with, you know, like the, the fitness or being healthy, that, that space, because you absolutely know that. How do you reach that person? Now, not all content like real estate, there might be somebody that wants real estate, but they're going to search out for it. But there might be somebody that wants to get healthy, but they're like, you know what? I know coaches will not help me or this program will not help me. I just, I'm fed up with, not that they've tried it. It's just that they already have that negative mindset in them. How do you reach them? How do you, how do you help them to realize this is what you need? And then at the same time, showing them you will get a transformation if you work with us. Like, like talk to us about that one customer or the many customers out there that literally just are completely against it. Two things come to mind when you say that. I think um, storytelling is really important. And um, if they have that mindset that, you know, they'll never find success, that's definitely a root cause that isn't, that's a story they're telling themselves really. But I think as one of my mentors, actually Lisa, Lisa Peterson, who connected us, um, she once shared this really great idea with me that was like in her years of business, and she's been building a business for years beyond my, um, by my experience. But she said, what I really realize is business all comes down to storytelling. And the reason is people connect to stories. If you think back in your own experiences, so much of the feelings you felt in great moments of your life are because of story. And so I think that as a content creator or as a person trying to attract clients, we have to tell stories that clients can relate to. And the right ones will be hear those stories and they'll be intrigued to continue the journey of listening to your stories. And I think then it's creating... Um, some way for them to come closer to you, to get them to know, like, and trust you a little bit more. Um, and to know that you're, you're really, uh, you're true and you're authentic to what you're, you're offering. So that might be a free workshop. That could be a free opt-in that you offer. That might be, um, a series, you know, a challenge that might be a series of, you know, I, I don't, it depends on obviously what you're in, but then when they come closer to you and then you let other clients you've worked with tell their stories of success to know like you're legit, like these women have gone through this journey too and they are now on the other side. So I think it's just building that trust and really planting seeds for them to go, okay, there is possibility. And ultimately at the end of the day, the reason we don't get results in investing or in losing weight is because we don't go all in. And so I think as a coach, then it's our responsibility to be a truth teller in this situation and call them out when they need to hear things and really understand why they're not getting results up to this point. So we got storytelling. Actually, they're both storytelling. It's your story, but then also your coaching clients, the, the people that are already working with you, their story sharing. It's really all about story sharing. So we can absolutely go into how to share and tell stories well, but I don't want to get there because there's so, that's like a whole nother ball of wax. But what I want to talk about is now, once you have your idea, you know where you want to go, you know who you're talking to, and you start getting a couple coaching clients, and you want to do it like you said, I, I want to I work remotely. I want to, you know, ha, I, I don't want to be so dependent on my hour. I want to be remotely, all that sort of stuff. What should, now, you have a number of different branches or ways that you make money with your business, which is great. Talk to us about each one, like the online community, the, the coaching, the one-on-ones the -on or the group. Talk to us a little bit about each one of those so we can try to implement that into our business. Yeah. So ultimately, when you're a coach, or I feel like you might have this same situation, we're, when we're our, our own personal brand, you're the limiting factor. 
right? So you only have the capacity to um, coach so many people. So when you're first starting out, typically the easiest way is one-to-one, right? You get more experience. You can just have private conversations. You gain confidence. You gain experience. You gain clarity surrounding what feels good and what doesn't feel good, your strengths and weaknesses. And so I always just think a great place to start is one-to-one coaching. And then from there, obviously, if you keep doing you know, and building that pipeline, you're going to reach a capacity where you just don't have the space in your calendar to both serve and build, right? Because you can't always be working in, you got to work on and you got to have that white space to do both. Um, So then I think the way to scale it is a group opportunity, right? So now I can coach one to many, and I can lead the women on a similar journey. And not only are they gaining insight from me, because I I coach, I coach, you know, in the group live, but they also hear each other and they get to support each other. And like, for me, I embed accountability partnerships into it too. So they also get to, to talk with somebody going through the journey. Um, so I think it's just seeing what feels good to you and starting and gaining confidence, getting clarity on how you can scale it. And then maybe eventually, you know, and the price point obviously would be tiered out and that one-to-one is like your highest level offering. A group might be slightly under that. And then beneath that might be a passive opportunity then to take some of those core common teachings and build them into the lowest price point for somebody who wants to like just get a taste of what your coaching is or maybe who doesn't want to invest in themselves at a higher level. So that's kind of how I see the the possibility to build and scale. The one-to-one, that is a lot of time. That's a lot of time. And so when somebody's paying for you one-to-one, they, they're paying for your time is really what it comes down to. And how you also got all the other people that want to pay for your time. So they definitely need to pay a premium for that. And then the group coaching, I think that's fantastic because you're reaching so many, you're able to help so many more people at one time. And I love the accountability factor, which I will, I definitely want to touch on. But the last thing is creating something that they can always go to. Now, would that be like a course that they get into and they get into that course that you've already taught it once and then they can look at it over and over again? Is that what you're saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it could be like an intensive, which is just like a two-hour block of coaching where I'm working on a specific skill set. Or it could be maybe a few core principles that are just an online recorded version that they can access over and over. So I think it just depends on what works good for you. Um, But I think the opportunity then is always a potential if they're a great fit to level up, right? So the intensive, you said that a couple of times. Talk to us about what that intensive means. Like, what does that mean? Because I just, I can't picture what that actually entails. I, uh, maybe it's just my vocabulary or some of my mentors' vocabulary too. So intensive to me is a short term coaching experience where we focus on one particular skill set. So I offer a few, like I offer a, I have a, um, a, like a signature program, part of my program that I teach called a grounding day. So I'll work with women uh, in a two hour block to help them create their grounding day process. Or if somebody's interested in coaching, but they don't want a long-term commitment, I'll do a one month intensive, which means we work together for that one month and then evaluate what it might look like after then. Got it. Got it. Got it. Now, are those recorded or you do those like once a month? Oh, that's live. Oh, it's live. Mm -hmm. Got it. Those are live. Yep. Very, Mm -hmm. very cool. Okay. I do want to touch on the accountability factor because we're all online. How do we, number one, how do you do the accountability? Like how do they sign up for it? How do you make sure that they're actually holding each other accountable that, you know, if there's two people or more, like, how do you make sure one is 
engaged when they're probably not? Like, how, how do you go about the accountability? Yeah. So when a woman joins my program, they complete an intake survey. And one of the questions I ask is, would you like an accountability partner on this journey to support you? So if they check mark the box, yes, then obviously I will find two people that I feel like are a great fit. And for me, a great fit is actually opposites. I like to try to partner people that, you know, maybe one person has it really together in the health space. Um, they, they're working out consistently, let's say, but their food is struggling. And then this person has a mindset that a, a great mindset um, that they've really nurtured. And so if I compare, you know, opposing strengths and weaknesses, I find that they lace together nicely. And so then I set the platform, I introduce them as accountability partners, I kind of have um, expectations that I share with them via email, and then I allow them to engage from there and I keep myself completely out of it. And what I see is that some of those turn into nurtured relationships that exceed beyond the capacity of my program. And sometimes it fizzles. But I also am not in the business of like handholding entirely because I do think that the reason people don't have results is because they actually like don't go all in and invest in themselves and actually say like this time I'm actually going to like commit myself. So um, I think there's a level of just also carrying that through and, and being honest with yourself about how you're showing up for your accountability partner. But there's there's definite amazing things that have come out from it. So with the accountability partner, is it something that, and I, I, I like the idea that you don't, you should not handhold like the accountability groups. Obviously, that's going to take a lot of your time. That's going to take yeah. loads and loads of time. But at the same time, you're absolutely right. If they're not bought in to just even holding yourself each, each other accountable, just, you know, maybe one or two other people, if you're not bought in to do that, you're not bought into yourself, like to actually do what you're mm -hmm. wanting to sign up for. Um, okay, so moving on from there, how do we make sure that people stay engaged? Not, not engaged, that's not the right word continually pay you money to continue like like month after month you know year after year to stay with you once they either get the result that they want or they're not getting the result like how do we make sure that they stay with you yeah i mean this is a really big question that um it's like really hard for me to answer in a lot of ways because some of it's just a mindset piece as the coach of I can't be responsible. I, I do think that money here is really important to discuss because I always use like the Louis Vuitton handbag versus the Walmart handbag. So you're if you're an investing in a Walmart handbag that costs $10, you're going to treat it differently than the handbag you purchased for $1,000. And so I look at investing in myself the same way. Personally, I invest a lot of money in my own education and surrounding myself with other entrepreneurs and mastermind like groups every single year so that I'm constantly upping my game. And so I am very clear, like if I spend $500 versus $20,000 on that, it's going to look a lot different. And so I think there's a that level of um, when you invest a little bit more, you actually get better results in and of themselves because you show up more. So I think this is a crucial part of the discussion. And then also positioning your programs. Because in the beginning, I didn't know what the heck I was really doing. And nobody helps me with the offering piece and the money piece. So I was missing invoices. I was charging too little. I was um, not requiring anything more than a month at a time commitment. So people would be like, oh, I'm not going to go for the next couple months. I'll see you. And, you know, after Christmas, once I threw everything in the, you know, the drain. And so I think there's an element too of just being smart about your own financial security and requiring, you know, a longer term investment from the people that you work with that works well for me. That doesn't work well for everyone, but 
for me, I know that real change isn't cultivated in 90 days anyways. So I want to help somebody really make change. So six months to a year is really a sweet spot for me. And that also, you know, they signed a contract and agreed to those things. So I think that's also an important part of the business discussion is just making sure you've put these little pieces in order to help both of you make the um, exchange more mutualistic. Yeah, I and I agree with that. And you you think of handbags, and obviously, I, being a guy, I don't. But I, I could absolutely right. See the, the guitar for everybody watching the YouTube. See the guitar right behind me. So I this was even when I was in college, like getting out of college, I didn't have much money, and I wanted to learn how to play the guitar. And I was talking to my friend who is really he's a phenomenal guitarist. I said I want to learn how to play, play guitar. I'm going to go buy one. He says, Don't go buy the hundred dollar guitar at you know Walmart or something. Don't do that yeah. because. It'll stay under your bed. You'll try it for a little while. It's not going to play well. It's not going to. It's not going to sound good. It's going to hurt your fingers because it's not a well-made guitar. Go buy an expensive guitar. So this one was like fifteen hundred bucks that I bought it for, and every single time I saw it, like I better play that thing because I spent a lot exactly. of money on it. So that same mentality when we get into literally anything, if we put our money towards it, well, it, that's that's another shift in our brain to say we better do what we're going after. And so on top of that, though. You are the expert. You're giving your time. If you're the coach, you have you're further along than somebody else, and so you literally need to be compensated for your time. Now, if you are a big philanthropist and you just say, "I'm just going to get help everybody," honestly, I, in my opinion, you're going to get worn out. You need to have. As here is where, how do we? Because I have my own opinion. I want to know what your opinion is. So, how do we know when it's time to not necessarily scale back, but you have so many coaching students and. And even the group coach, like, is do the price, do you need to raise your prices? Do you just stop having people come in? Like, how do we know once we start, man, we're getting overwhelmed. What do we do after we get overwhelmed? Yeah. Well, I'm going to the philanthropy philanthropy part as well. I mean, that's why we produce a podcast, right? Is that's our service to reach more people than those paid people too. And I don't know about you, I'm, I'm guessing based on our your energy too, you give out a lot of free content to support people and you have engaging conversations all of the time. And then there just becomes that requirement like to level up, there has to be an investment. And I think that like other things we've talked about, there's an evolution here to paying. I think you know, like even in the conversations, if you're getting everybody saying yes, you're not charging enough. Because you need some no's. Like there needs to be, people have to consider the investment for it to be worthwhile for them too. So if it's an immediate like, oh, no brainer, like those might be for like your lower course offerings. You might position those. So it's like, oh, no brainer. But when it comes to working with you, they're not just paying for your time. They're paying for all of the education and all of the investment you're doing. Because the things I'm learning at you know, from my masterminding and my courses I'm taking, I'm immediately passing down that information to my students and they didn't have to pay for it. Right. But they did have to pay for me. And it's my obligation to continue. And I feel it is to continually invest in myself so I can bring that to, um, you know, that's what sets me apart from maybe others. But I think with price point, it should be slightly uncomfortable. Like when you say that price out loud, that's kind of my motto is it should feel a little bit uncomfortable um, at first anyways, and maybe always, because that means it's going to feel good for you when that person says yes, and you're going to show up like really big for them. 
And so I think it's you can't really put like a what's right dollar amount on any of coaching because you have to figure out what's right for you. Um, and somebody once told me, you know, Amanda, there's going to be somebody out there far less qualified asking for more money from, than you because they believed in themselves when you didn't. And so I think there's just to that worthiness factor that comes up um, that you have to work through as a coach too. In the private coaching industry, there's no like regulation. You can ask, you know, you can charge $10,000 for an hour or you can charge $10 for an hour. So you have to figure out what works good for you. And there's going to be a constant shift in that pricing. And then you kind of make like, I feel like I'm at a sweet spot for a while and I don't I feel good about it. So I'm hanging here for a while and we'll see what happens next. So from there, you really you just, it seems like you would just reassess every time you start feeling mm -hmm. like, man, I'm getting overwhelmed. What can I do to help with everybody at the same time, how can I mitigate that feeling overwhelmed? So I do want to touch on the, uh, the ability to maybe hire a coach, hire somebody else to help you. What are your thoughts about doing that? Because once you get overwhelmed and you can only handle so many students, because in my real estate investing, I have so many students that I'm like, oh my goodness, I just, I can't keep everybody straight. There's so many people and it's literally jumping on a call. I'm like, okay, I remember a little bit, but remind me where you're at and then we can go. And I don't want to be like that. I want to say, okay, hey, great seeing you again. Everything about what you've done, I already remember. Let's jump into it. So how do we then now shift? Because the pricing point, we that's a smart thing to do. Adjust your pricing, adjust how you're functioning, but then bringing on somebody to help you with coaching. What are your thoughts about that? I think this is a personal decision too. I don't want to bring somebody to coach underneath me. And I think there's other ways to grow and scale your business. I want to be my, I want to be doing the coaching because that's what brings me joy. So the way that I think that you can go around it so you don't forget like who you're talking, like where that person is, right? Is you hire a team to support all the other areas that you don't enjoy doing or that aren't your zone of genius. So for me, I have a team, a small team of you know, people that like work in their specific unique task and do that task every week for me so that I don't have to do it. And we've built systems in place so that Amanda just hangs out in content creation mode and coaching mode. And then they all do their pieces so that the, um, the capacity is there for me to reach more people in the coaching realm. And then when I hit that mark, then I think like when I feel completely full, then my next step will be to increase pricing likely, um, but also offer, you know, maybe down the road certifications to learn my coaching. If, if I find that more women are wanting to build and grow businesses just like mine, then I might teach them my tactics under a certification program from them. They can go reach more people. So for me, that's the vision um, instead of hiring a coach doing my work, because I just think that that's then they never really get me right. They get somebody else. That, that's, I love that idea. And I, I, I want to touch on that, building that systems around you so you can do what you love to do. Like, like I love working with people. One-on-one's fantastic, but I love helping as many people as I can. And so I start to realize the one-on-one just takes so much time. I love it, but it's not something that I really want to, like, I, that's something I absolutely need to have. But you, on the other hand, you want those one-on-ones, which is great, but you've also built the systems around you. So everybody's need to figure out what they love to do, what they have to do that in their business, they feel like they have to do it. Now, how do we then, because we would easily figure out what we want to do, what we have to do and all that sort of stuff and what we would be fine with outsourcing or hiring. How do we then, once we know X, Y, and Z, we have to get X, Y, and Z done. How do we know then to 
now it's time to hire somebody because a lot of us we're bootstrapping this. We're just trying to, you know, make it yeah. on our own. And so do, is I. Wearing, so am I. <laughs> exactly. We're wearing every single hat because we just don't want to have a lot of money coming out of pocket. But we start making a little bit of money. We're having lots and lots of clients. We're having to raise our prices. We're blessed to have money. How do we then know? And then what are the steps to to fill in the things that we should not do on our business and focus on the things that we should? Yeah, I think you hit it. And like I said before, too, the first is just knowing what feels really good that you absolutely don't want to do. So I think a great place to start if you're feeling this way is just like write down a list of all the tasks that you do in your business that feel really good and a list of the tasks that are not feeling good at all. And the way that I started to notice that I needed help was those things that were low on the priority list were started to get forgotten. Like I just didn't have the bandwidth. So it was like, oh my gosh, it's been two days and I haven't posted on social media or whatever, but I actually like social media. So I want to be doing that. Who else, like what is, you know, what are the other things that I need to start asking somebody else? And so um, I made that list. And then from that, I started creating like a standard operating procedures folder. So it was like, if I brought somebody on to do that task, what would be the steps? Like what's the task? And then what would be the steps that they would need to make in order to accomplish that task? So I had a few of those things. And for me, since I'm in the virtual space, I was like, there's assistance out there virtually. I'd heard of it from my friends that they had VAs that worked from them. So I'm like, I got to find somebody. And so then I kind of went on a hunt, hiring somebody at first, Um, That was like, hey, can you do these things? And we started working together and it wasn't a good fit. She just wasn't meticulous. And so I think that um, it might take a little, um, you know, a few tries before you find somebody. But I think it's first getting clarity on what are those steps that they need to take. And over time, you'll be able to, um, the more you give off, the more money you make. Because you're able to be more present in those things that you do really well and you're out there doing the client attraction piece and you're out there creating content, which brings more clients to you. And so there is like this, "Ah, I got to invest for a second and then it pays dividends. It absolutely does. I'm definitely can 100% attest to that. When you start spending money in your business, I'm very, very frugal. Like I'm extremely frugal. And so thinking of, oh man, editing a podcast, I could just do that. It'll take me an hour. Let me go ahead and do that. But that's an extra hour that I'm not, making money in other ways. If I hire it out, pay 50, 75 bucks or something for that hour, I make a lot more money doing other things. So maybe that might be wise to do that. Now, it's really easy for us to say, either I'm the bottleneck, it's not getting done, offload that. That's really easy. We can easily see, or this is falling through the cracks. Easily see, I should give it to somebody else. But what about those things that we really like to do, but we know those are not things we should be doing. How, how do we watch out for those? We, I really like doing it, but I know I probably should, but no, I'm going to hold on to it. Talk to us a little bit about that. I think this is a hard one because I think if you, my personal belief is like, if you really love doing it, then keep it around as long as you can, or maybe you can co-share that space with somebody else. So you get like the part of it that you love the most. So maybe it's like, well, I'm not saying I'm not saying love. It's it's something that you you don't mind doing, and you're actually good at it. And it's not something you like love. You love coaching. You should not offsource that because that you're the only one that can do that. But like I'll also, I'll give you an example: podcast editing. It'll literally take me 30 minutes to edit, maybe less, 15, 20 minutes to edit. I'm really good at it, really easy, and I, I'm like, ah, I could just do it. But then I'm realizing that is money that's. I could literally spend to somebody else and then save my time. So it's not something you love. 
So I think then I look at the hourly rate of what I could pay somebody to do that task versus what I could make in that hour. And I'm like, oh, it's I'm, I'm on the high side. So I'm absolutely going to leverage that out to somebody else. Even if I know I am good at it, you could know you're good at everything that you do in your business because clearly you are. You've built the business. But there comes a point where you have to know that it takes money to make money. And I think also I look at it too, my podcast editor like I get to build a relationship with him and he knows me and he keeps me on track sometimes too. And I get to help his family because I'm giving him money. And so there's also element of when you step up as an entrepreneur too, you get to start helping more people financially too, because you're bringing them on as part of your team. That's brilliant. I 100% agree with that. I think that's a great, great idea. And the thing about hiring other people is you're also helping other people in their family. I mean, you're able to pass it down. So those are great, great insights. So man, um, there's man, there's so much more that I want to ask, but we're wrapping up. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. You have given us so much great insights. Now, I want to jump into the rapid fire round. Are you ready? I hope so. <laughs> and you touched on us a little bit of philanthropy, but the question I love to ask is, how are you making either the world a better place, the people around you, or how are you helping to serve other people? Because hopefully we have a little extra time not working that 95 job. I think one huge area for me is I am helping the next generation. So I look at what I'm doing. I have two kids, um, a daughter who's 10, and by pursuing my passion and dreams, I'm giving her full permission to see the world differently. And that entrepreneurial spirit and limitless mindset starts young. And I feel like sometimes my journey is more for her. And then I get to work with women who are rewriting their stories and they're passing that down to their kids. So I do think that that's a big part of what inspires and motivates me too. That's great. I love that idea. I know for all my kids, I'm literally passing down everything from my online businesses to my real estate. It's, it's been able to do that. So that's great. Okay. If somebody were to I say, say, you know, I think Amanda's fantastic. I really want to do something like her. I want to coach just like her. I have, I have a content that I want to share other than just getting started because everybody knows just get started. Is there any advice that you can give to somebody that's saying, I want to get started, I'm getting started, but give, I need some a little bit of advice. You give us a lot of great stuff. Is there anything else that you can give for advice? I got this advice from somebody else, and um, this is true no matter actually if you're just starting or moving on, is to create a parking lot of ideas. So open up a Google Sheet and call it your parking lot, and you're like just going to constantly put park, park cars in it. So any idea um, that and, – and as entrepreneurs, I feel like that creative – spirit is just on all the time. And it's like you're cooking dinner, you're in the shower, you're like, oh my God, that's brilliant. But you don't really have a thing to do with it. So if you create that parking lot of ideas, and sometimes it feels like a Lamborghini, like it's so far away from you. Um, it might be years down the road and some feels like really close to you. But if you just start creating this list of action items, things you see, ideas you have, then I think it keeps you constantly moving forward and making that feel more realistic and more doable. I, I, I love that. And you can also go back after and don't erase those, in my opinion. No, don't yes. erase those. Leave them there because you're like, I did that. I did that. I did that. After you've actually accomplished it. I love going back and saying, I had this idea. It's done. Look at that. It's, it's so great. Great tip. Okay. So if you were to go back and give your younger self, I don't know, 15 to 20 years old, like your younger self, any advice, business, life, what would it be? Be a better listener for sure. I definitely feel that I lost a lot 
throughout my life in um, relationships with friends, relationships with um, mentors, um, because I like to be right. And I wanted to be the one that was right rather than the one that was listening. So I think that that's something in the last five years that I've um, really realized, especially in my marriage, <laughs> um, wanting to be the right one all the time with him. And he's the same way. Um, and it's really resolved. That we have so much more compassion for one another. But also, I think it's made me a much better coach uh, because there's moments where I just want to fire back because I want to be like, oh, no, no, do it this way. And I'm like, oh, what she needs now is for me to listen. That's brilliant. I absolutely love that idea. I know in my marriage, the more I just listen and the more I just say, ah, you're right. Like it's, it's, it's okay. I, I can, I can be wrong. It gets things so much better. So I absolutely love that idea. Okay. So second to last question, what is one tool app? It could be a piece of paper and a pencil, a whiteboard, whatever that you use on a day-to-day -day basis that we should look into using. Google drive is everything to me. I mean, I just keep so much organized in there and it's really great with team because you can get access to all the folders. So I have team members dropping things in folders for the next person. So everybody is easily accessible. Um, so that's definitely a free tool pretty much that I think anybody could pay, you know, would be huge. Um, and then I, I mean, just throwing one out there that is not necessarily business related, but it's not forget to t take care of yourself and create self-care and routine practices that nurture the spirit of the entrepreneur. I think our tendency is hustle, hustle, grind, grind. But if you want this to be sustainable, you have to nurture your mind. So I'm a huge, med I meditate. And so I love Insight Timer app because I use it every day as a way just to you know, get a little bit focused and clarity, pour into myself before the day begins. And I think this is something that um, entrepreneurs overlook. That's great. Love those ideas. Okay. What is one nonfiction book that you would definitely recommend for us to read? I'm thinking back to The Big Leap was great. Joey Coleman, Never Lose a Client Again or Customer Again. I don't know. Those are all books that come to mind. So tell us about both of those, like the, the Leap and then the Never Lose a Client. Okay. A Big Leap is by Gay Hendricks. And um, it just was like taking risk and overcoming um, like self-imposed limitations and upper limit problems. And I love that conversation. Never Lose a Client again changed my business in that I really looked at how I spend marketing funds differently and really nurturing um, the client from day one um, and also nurturing referral sources from day one. Because in my industry, I think there's not, you know, the affiliate marketing in, in, on, in the like internet space is big, but sometimes it's, it's something you create deeper relationships with people that are not on paper so easy. And so I think if you really just thank them for believing in you in different ways, it pays dividends to your business. So I hope that's what you were looking for. Yes, that's perfect. Manda, you've been giving us so much great insights. I know people are going to want to reach out to you. How can they find you? How can they contact you? Like, what? How can they find you on the internet? Sure. You can visit feelamazingnaked.com. That's the main site. Um, launching amandawalker.com. Um, finally have access to that. So, um, and you'll find the Feel Amazing Naked podcast on all podcasting platforms. So you can hear me there. And if you have questions, um, please reach out. Happy to talk more about my work or just answer any specific questions that anybody hears from this show um, and just love to serve people. Amanda, you've been fantastic, giving us such great information. Thank you so much for being on the Successful Unemployed Show. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Now, after going through all of this with Amanda, 
everybody listening must know that they have something that they can share with somebody else, something that they can coach somebody else, something that they would be able to say, you know what, I have accomplished this, let me now show you how to do it. And Amanda has given us the step-by-step process to actually do that. So get out there, start your business, start working towards getting out of that nine to five, just over broke job. Now, again, if you've gotten anything out of the show, I would love it if you shared it with just one person, maybe shared it on Facebook or Instagram or something like that. I would truly, truly appreciate it. You guys are fantastic. Thank you so much for being here with the Successfully Unemployed show. I absolutely want you to never have to work a job again. All right, guys, that's it for today. See ya. Let's make this year your best real estate investing year ever by coming to the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. And the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is where you can join hundreds of real estate investors and over 40 expert investor speakers and learn how to have an amazing success in your real estate investing business. The Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is not like any other conference out there. This is a no sales pitch conference where the entire three days event is all about you and helping you to meet expert investors, teaching you how to invest and join a huge community of hundreds of like-minded real estate investors. And because you are a part of the Successfully Unemployed podcast, I'm giving you 20% off your RubeCon pass. That's right. Get 20% off of your RubeCon pass. Use the promo code SU20 or SU20. You need to be at the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. Join us in the heart of downtown St. Louis, March 14th through the 16th for a transformative three-day event that's more than just a conference. It's a community of investors. Get your pass. Go to RubeCon.com, R-E-W-B-C, and use the promo code SU20 or SU20 to get 20% off of your Rubicon Pass.